Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I'm a woman of a certain age, the golden age. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm living already. (laughs) I don't just write about stars. (gasps) I am one. Oh, oh, (laughs) you guys, the glamour, the Hollywood sass of it all. I'm so, I'm already so down for this episode. Guys, you guys, you ever. It's Andy Scrolls. It's episode 234. And I am so excited to have a new guest on the People's People's Couch, actor, writer for the Grio, my soulmate on Clubhouse. So much to say. Welcome, Jared Alexander. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. And yes, I it's so nice to see you in person. I feel like every Friday we had a standing appointment for right? like the whole beginning of 2021 at least yeah we met through club bravo's state of the union which is like a weekly or weekly ish friday night thing where they have i'm sure they love the marketing of friday night thing where they have just like a panel of quote-unquote bravo experts who are shooting the shit and then other people join it and it's great i haven't done it in a minute it definitely has been a minute i mean i think you know because we were there like in, at the inception of it we were it there was every just week like, anything goes like yeah. let's just come up and then it, i feel like it kind of got more structured where dave was yeah. like splitting it up a bit more but yeah um yeah i feel like the app has grown so much i have to like take i can't do it every day like I never do it now i don't ever i'm only on it for that i yeah. can't do it well it's weird i feel like it came about at such a specific time mm-hmm. when like the vaccination still felt very far away and 
I was home constantly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was really nice to just connect to people in a way and actually hear people's voices, especially mm-hmm. when talking about Bravo and stuff. But now I just think that like people are just busier, you know? Yeah. And it feels like I wish there was an audio form of YouTube, but I guess that's a podcasting um, <laughs> because the thing with Clubhouse is for podcasters and there are podcasters who are on there constantly. God bless. Like that's phenomenal. But podcasting is a very specific, intimate kind of art form communication Mm -hmm. outlet whatever you want it to be and clubhouse specifically has all of these regimented rules for a reason like you can never record anything and yada Mm -hmm. yada yada Mm -hmm. and that's sort of the antithesis of podcasting so one puts forth all of the energy and work into creating and maintaining a podcast in the hopes that other people will listen at whatever point. Yep. So then you put that kind of voice in clubhouse and it's like, yeah, if you're not in the room, like literally the room where it happens, if you're not there, no one will ever know. (laughs) That is not, that's tough. It's very tough. I feel like on the one hand though, where club Bravo has done a good job is that it makes a lot of the Bravo talent feel comfortable for that reason. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's been a lot of great, drop-ins mm-hmm. with really topical things like I feel like Dave had Jackie on like after that premiere episode and she just got to talk about her perspective on all the stuff that happened mm-hmm. um and that was really cool to hear and it's immediate and again like you kind of can't go back to it it's either you were there and you heard right. it or you didn't um but at the same time you're right it's like it kind of takes the stakes out of it almost too much because then it's like well then I don't really need to tune in at all Yeah, it can be overwhelmed. There are so many forms of social media now and so many outlets. And, you know, it's all great because it's different forms of expression. So one person may express through Instagram Live and another person is a Twitter lass and another person (laughs) is Clubhouse. And it's just like if you find it and you love it, I could see for people just on a day to day, it is like a much more connective therapeutic kind of talk radio Mm -hmm. so that's great it's just it's tough but listen it brought us together absolutely die for (laughs) you have died for your voice in our literally and spiritually in our conversations on clubhouse because I feel like it vibes really well with sort of the mission of AG which Mm -hmm. is all about talking about our own experiences Mm -hmm. and how that is reflected in authentic or lack thereof storytelling you know and like talking about these women's behaviors and how we're able to see things and how that's all influenced by our own life and so my question to you is when did your bravo or bravoholics journey begin Mm, it was actually pretty late-ish especially compared to a lot of my other friends I feel like and I've been having this conversation a lot recently as we're mm. seeing stuff go to Peacock. Bravo was not all that accessible to me for a while just because of my mom's cable package growing up. We had mm. plenty of channels, but I feel like we just didn't get Bravo. And a lot of my friends loved it. Um, it would tell me all the time. These were like early, early-ish years. So I didn't start watching Bravo until I was doing a summer stock Uh, contract (laughs) and for some reason it was like I saw that like the app worked and like my mom's login worked so and that was 2016. Where were you doing summer stock? Were you in Williamstown? Where were you? No I was in Ohio at the Weathervane Playhouse. Yes. Did you Um, go to school for performance? I did. I went to school for musical theater. Where did you go? Point Park University. Where is that? It's in Pittsburgh. 
So I studied musical theater performance at Marymount Manhattan. <gasps> no way. No way. Oh my gosh. 16 bars of sex. Oh, we're going to have lots to talk about. <laughs> Offline. <laughs> Which Sondheim so characters. <laughs> Literally, we could do an extra episode. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's yeah. kind of how I got into it. And that was, for reference, that was season seven of Jersey was on. So wow. that was Teresa coming back. And I had obviously known about it. And known about Teresa plenty. That was on OC, Heather's last season, Kelly's first season. <gasps> um, and then it was right before, I think, Pantygate season was going to premiere that December. So, like, then I... Chaotic. In that year, a lot was happening. And then after that, I went back and, of course, rewatched so much. <laughs> so what shows are your passions? Like, which franchises, Housewives, not Housewives... <clears throat> Where does your spirit come alive? I have to say, and it has been having a bit of a renaissance, Jersey to me just, I'm from Connecticut, so like Mm. it just has a certain kind of vibe, and my Mm. mom's side of the family is Portuguese, and I have a huge, big Portuguese family, which culturally can be kind of similar, I guess, to Italian culture, but I just really kind of love the stakes of it, and I just, I, I really, I've... I love it all. <laughs> um, I mean, Jersey has that zest. They yes, really, they just they have do. that vibe, and they got it back because it definitely, you know, it got dark mm-hmm. there for mm-hmm. a while. Um, but I think they really, if you look at, if you zoom out and mm-hmm. look at Jersey, it started one way and mm-hmm. like with like the Manzos and you still have the Judices and stuff. But now I just think with Jackie and Jennifer, like and the Catanias, to be honest, like mm-hmm. it's a lot more even. It's a lot more balanced, and it's really, especially compared to the rest of the repertoire right now of mm-hmm. housewives it's pretty solid so i would say that and then of course potomac i mean I-, I would be i couldn't not say that that is just everything and more right now i just watched the premiere for a third time and mm. i'm not gonna lie to you i actually felt kind of emo because i was like this is gonna be such a good season yeah. and it's the weight is gone you mm. know that's there's a reason they got it they you know talking about like skeletons in the closet we addressed in the very first seconds of the premiere that how toxic last season was mm-hmm. you know mm. and you can take that however you want but mm-hmm. it was a mess <laughs> I mean, can I ask you the most toxic question? Yeah, ask. So, if you were, I mean, hello, <laughs> hi, how are you? Um, if you were to choose a side, mm. Team Candace or Team Monique, where were you leaning? Because even the people who are like Team the Table, which I totally <laughs> understand <laughs> and appreciate, there is typically a person who you are empathizing with more, or. Totally even translating more if you feel like they're on the right path they're just doing a really shitty job of communicating it yes i felt uh, and you know this is just the ultimate question i feel like Safe pre space. this bethany carroll was that weighted question but Ooh. now this has taken it to a whole new yep. level and i am firmly and always have been a Team Candace person. Okay. Okay. Safe um, space. Safe space. I know. I'm like, as I say that. No, I'm that's like, okay. Oh, You're in a Twitter. safe space. Um, yeah. I just think that. And a lot has to do with like the lead up that I feel like has really gotten lost in translation, mm-hmm. but was really clear in the conversation. Like the Sharice of it all still makes no sense. I just did a season five rewatch and like it just felt like with Monique, it mm-hmm. was a lot of um, misdirected energy towards mm-hmm. Candace. And mm-hmm. it feels like there was a lot of other moving pieces happening. And like even on that lake house trip, like I watched Candace try and diffuse every situation like four or five times walk away Mm -hmm. 
didn't take the bait. And mm-hmm. then the one time that, from what I saw, again, she was like laughing about it mm-hmm. and choosing a different tactic. It went that way. And I feel like the second that happened, it gave a lot of people who don't necessarily enjoy Candace, and I'm not defending, she definitely has a mouth on her, all that stuff, her yeah. Twitter, whatever. Um, but it just still, again, with me zooming out, and it might be my performing perspective, at the end of the day, I'm always like, these women are at work, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of not acceptable at work, regardless of what happened or what plot there was or this, that, and the other. There have been plenty of situations where I'm in an ensemble of something and I don't like someone, but that's just, that's just kind of how it goes. <clears throat> and in terms of the plot, for me, it still feels like it was a post filming thing mm-hmm. that was never in essence or anything that Monique ever brought up on the show. And it still kind of just is confusing to me. Um, yeah, it's just confusing. You to mean me. the rumors of it all? Like the yes. fact that there was that conversation? Yes, with Giselle and, you know, and then in the reunion when they showed that clip where Chris did mention the rumor and mm-hmm. then Giselle kind of took it and ran with it. And I'm also going to say I am a I can be a bit of a Giselle apologist, but again, zooming out from a perspective of these women doing their jobs, how I interpreted it was like, what you say on the show, then like, that's what we run with, right? Mm -hmm. You know that like, they can't just sit around and talk about anything. They talk about things that have to do with the show. And I felt like um, that had, that was a separate issue Mm -hmm. than what happened and what transpired between Monique and Candace. And it all kind of got blurred together. I mean, and Giselle really was the inciting incident. Yes. And yet Monique channeled her frustration and anger solely through Candace. And you can ask yourself, why did that happen? It never felt like Candace was the one who was initiating not only a rumor, but a strategic imperative to talk about it on camera and use it as plot. And yet I think many of the reasons, some of the reason why Monique got so upset was because she believed more in Candace. Absolutely. Or at one point had faith in a potential resolution of a fractured friendship or whatever than she did Giselle, where it's like, okay, this doesn't mean it was any less harmful or that Giselle shouldn't get, for lack of a better term, dragged for this. Yes. Um, <laughs> communicatively. But um, <laughs> there was something about, I think, the pain that Monique felt. Mm-hmm. And yet, when you look at the behavior, I mean, so many of us found out about this, obviously, because it hit the blogs. It was like immediate. And the sources who said blah, 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 all many of the narrative online Mm -hmm. appeared to be, from what I remember reading and people saying, that Candace got physical first and Monique responded. Mm -hmm. And what we saw was that wasn't necessarily the case but Mm -hmm. also almost more importantly the build-up for weeks prior yes we saw Monique being relatively passive-aggressive to Candace and Candace consistently diffusing it 1000 trying to diffuse it trying to walk away yes and I want to be clear too that I think after what was frustrating too is especially with Monique she does not represent every single black woman on TV. I think that whole conversation got so murky and made it all even messier than what we were actually talking about. And it was way too much pressure to put on one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we have seen, speaking of how much I love Jersey, you know, we've seen plenty of behavior that was similar to that. And it's never about 
representing an entire people, right? And I feel like that was what was really frustrating about it. Um, and that's where I really felt bad for Monique. So it's obviously so layered. And I feel like we're going to be breaking this feud down, feud, I say, for forever. But I do think that in terms of the fight, and it's still weird. Again, I just rewatched season five, and when you watch it, it's like you could comb through all of this for forever. Mm. I definitely um, was a bit more Team Candace, for sure. I mean, the respectability politics of it all, too. Like, mm-hmm. the conversation that the women were having of, like, you are bringing down all black women when yes. Monique is not responsible for that or representative of it and yet it is a narrative that the network themselves seem to push or co-sign or whatever in the we don't condone violence and the focus on it which was really unfortunate I mean like as a white woman I don't begrudge black women on screen having that instinct because 1000% that is a direct result of a systemically racist society where we feel like there's that kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. I do though, like give incredible, tremendous side eye to the network's response, which the timing of it wasn't great. Cause you went straight from like, I forget the timing, but it was like that happened. Then the Kenya Halloween costume yep. happened and mm-hmm. it just felt so unbalanced i agree and, and we were on the heels of i'm sorry I mean no to please oh my god please that's, this is a place and i don't remember exactly i do not remember andy making a comment about violence months prior with danielle and the hair pull you know what i mean and that was pretty horrific and yet you know what i mean it that it wasn't talked about it wasn't framed that way it was a joke it was the teresa were you involved uh-huh. and then the joke of it all the reveal that um yeah she may have been I know. <laughs> I know. She <laughs> And that um, was a really violent, very. that was a very violent hair. It feels like hair pull is like not even, even the right, I know. Illustrative, illustrative <laughs> enough, illustrative yes. enough. Oh yes. my God, words are hard. Oh my God, me and Tree okay. have It's 93 common. degrees today. The We're ingredients fine. of that one are really <laughs> Texas. Tough. Really difficult. Um, yeah, I think that's a really, that's a really yeah. solid point. And I, I, I agree with you. It's more. I don't fault the women, and I, I and I still think as frustrating as the conversation was, it was fascinating TV to watch these women mm-hmm. totally break the fourth wall and break down their feelings in the moment about the weight that they feel that they carry that they should not have to carry, mm-hmm. but what it means to them to be on TV. Um, and I think everyone kind of played a part in the fallout of it all. Mm-hmm. And I even give kind of some side eye too, not only to Giselle and how she played a part in it, even to Ashley a little bit, and even with Karen. And this is, again, where I found myself really um, not identifying with Candace, but feeling bad for her, especially in this rewatch, being able to watch just episode after episode. There was a genuine mother-daughter relationship there Mm -hmm. and her speech at the anniversary party. And Karen did what I would have appreciated from a friend is a bit more transparency in that, look, I love you both. But Candace, Monique doesn't have nowhere near as many people in her corner as you do. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give her a little bit more love. And it didn't read like that to me. It read with her telling her she would press charges, but then kind of going behind her back and like not really being there for her. Mm -hmm. And then especially if you go back, like Candace was new, but Candace really stood by Karen when all the stuff, all the shit was literally hitting the fan. Um, 
and that reunion moment, I know we talk so much about the binder and everything, but the reunion moment between Karen and Candace still kind of gives me chills. <laughs> like, there's just a lot of hurt there. And, um, yeah, I definitely felt like Karen, in trying to be and trying to not pick a side, she kind of did. And I think she could have just given a bit more transparency in that moment for someone who was hurting, who really looks up to you and has stood by you. And I think that is what I think ultimately drove Candace closer to Robin and Giselle for sure. Do you think that Karen <clears throat> understands the damage that was done in her relationship with Candace and is willing to do the work in whatever form that takes? That's a good question. I almost want to say I don't think so yet. As we saw in the premiere, it seems like Karen's perspective on her relationships with the women are always vastly different from the reality. Like, mm -hmm. her interpretation of her conversation with Wendy about inviting Mia was very different from the flashback we saw. Mm -hmm. And I think in how Karen is talking about in her interviews about how, how she wants to repair her relationship with Candace, I don't think that it's unrepairable, but I think it'll never be the same for Candace. I also feel like a lot of it depends on Candace's own state of affairs with her mom, because there is that maternal instinct Oof, of absolutely. like Karen is representative to her. And I could see that if one feels like this person who does have a maternal energy is mm -hmm. being in some way withholding either from like the reality of the truth of how she felt about things with Monique in the altercation or for whatever reason, I could see that being a trigger for her and it could go in so many different ways. It could be Candace feeling like Karen's not giving her what she needs, what she thinks she deserves. Mm -hmm. And maybe her mom isn't either. And so there's that trigger of just like, I'm in this place with my mom already. And now with Karen, who I look to or who I just vibe with in that way. Or if things are good with her mom, she could feel like, well, I'm already getting what I need from that way, from mm -hmm. this person who happens to be my parent. Yeah. So maybe I need Karen less. I yeah. mean, I think it's so connected to Dorothy more than honestly anything, more than Monique, yeah. more than anything else. That is such a, such a good perspective that I didn't even think about in that way, but you're right, I think. And we've seen her relationship with Dorothy really play out and mm -hmm. it's interesting to see them kind of go in reverse. Mm -hmm. Like she's, in the best place she's been with Dorothy now, I think. And with Karen, it's not that way at all. So it is really interesting to look at those two pers those two relationships and how they're kind of passing each other. Yeah, I wonder what it would what we would be watching, what it would look like if she was in a good place with her mom and with Karen at the same time. Mm -hmm. How that would influence how she saw herself. If we're going to have a conversation about, like, does Karen, uh, sorry, does Candace want to be a parent? You know, like, all of that would be a fascinating journey to take if she was in a good spot with these women. But I think so much of it, as Karen, I think, said at the premiere dinner, it's a lot of it's up to Candace herself, at least with the Karen Absolutely. dynamic, which is another form of like, I would think if I was Candace, like withholding from Karen because I have the option to, because mm -hmm. in my dynamic with my mom, she's the one that's typically withholding. Yep. So now I get to take on a little bit more power than maybe she's used to. Absolutely. I mean, it in the preview, it looks like there's some sit down where mm -hmm. she tells her that she doesn't trust her. And I think it is interesting to see Car Candace, excuse me, have that sort of power just in their relationship. And I think 
she's going to have to lay out what she needs from her in order to move forward. But if we know anything about these shows, I mean, I never in a million years would have expected, not that they're best friends, but Ashley and Karen to be in the place that they're in. So you just never know um, where the women are going to wind up. I I don't think it's going to be like a you know, a huge rift mm-hmm. or a huge thing where it's like they can't film together. I frankly think these women are too professional for stuff like that. They really are. Like, it's just, which is what makes it so good. It's why we love them. But I do think that um, it's hard for me to imagine it being exactly the same as it was. I think that there, there's a lot there. And then also the um, in the reunion, too, which I wonder if they're going to break the fourth wall about that when um, Candace, when the Monique stuff happens, she, Karen says she texts her to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And then... Karen went to Bravo basically with it and like I think that is also a whole nother implication too that kind of breaks the fourth wall for the audience like oh like that is kind of someone's job no matter way you want it no matter which way you want to see it excuse me I think for Candace what if she already felt a certain way about Karen that's a whole nother thing added on to it I just don't think that Candace has any interest in understanding boundaries and why it is why you are creating an environment that feels unsafe for someone. Yes. And I think that she grew up possibly in a dynamic where boundaries were always constantly moved and shifted according to her mom's needs mm-hmm. and potentially a manipulation of those boundaries. Like her mom, a healthcare professional, telling Candace. And you can totally shit if you need a adjusting. No, um, <laughs> a, a medical professional diagnosing Candace with, I forget if she said bipolar disorder or what the term was, mm-hmm. as a form of manipulation or on, almost punishment. Yeah. I mean, that is a really tough road to navigate. So if you have either seen someone win, which is like a really fucked up way to think about the Dorothy of it all. But like if Dorothy was able to hurt you by shifting and pushing back boundaries and making you feel unsafe, which does not have anything to do with physical, um, a physical manifestation of that. Although we have heard that Dorothy hit her as an adult, which is truly not funny to me no (laughs) no not at all they were joking about the purse of it all and it's like "Mm, I don't know about that but if she grew up in that kind of dynamic you know there's this thing that what is it like your mom knows how to push your buttons because she created them the same thing that's still Mm -hmm. that's what my psychiatrist tells Mm -hmm. me all the time and I'm like my mother is the devil that's that's same right that same dynamic can apply to the child to the next generation I know how to create those buttons because I know what hurt me the most and it feels like Candace her instinct is always to cross that line yeah and then weaponize when someone is hurt by it she is a victim in many ways. Yes. Understandably, mm-hmm. I don't. T- I'm not saying that as an insult, but in other ways, she victimizes her own weaponization. Yeah. And that's a tough person to deal with. Absolutely. I mean, look at how talk about who knows what the future of their relationship is going to be like. That's where I think Ashley and Candace will never kind of see eye to eye. Mm. They just seem not only fundamentally different people, but if you look at. Ashley's own upbringing too and her relationship or non-relationship with her father and her yearning for that I think there's just in the ways that they communicate with each other it just does not match it just does not track at all for them um and I think it's interesting because I think if they were to get on the same page it would be really fun to watch I think they're actually 
some of the quickest women and they would be really fun. But um, yeah, they just are very, very different in that way. What do you think of the Michael and Ashley? What are we going to do? How do you solve a problem like a really toxic marriage? <laughs> That's such a another good question. I mean, I feel like Ashley, she was MVP last year for me in the reality star of it all. Mm. I really saw a woman peel back the layers so much we started to understand a bit more the power dynamic within their relationship mm-hmm. for really drawing the line in that scene when they after the lake house trip mm-hmm. uh, where she had dinner with michael and she was gloriously sipping that corona um, <laughs> and uh, and she by the end of the season i kept racking my brain i can't think of another housewife who has truly had an allegiance to no one and has made it this far and i think it's kind of her secret sauce um and not everyone can do that you know what i mean even like some of the big powerhouses have had some sort of allegiance and would it cross a line with someone but with her it's like she will kind of call out anyone you know what i mean and on one second she'll call out giselle but then she'll kind of defend giselle and then she'll call out karen and she'll call out candace you know what i mean but I felt like in this premiere, the Michael aspect felt a little stale. Mm. And I was like, I wonder, you know, just for her, not that she's in Jeopardy or anything. I still think she's a great housewife. But like, how do you keep it fresh when it's like we've seen almost every outcome of this? Um, and there's no talk of what we saw at the last reunion with that extra scene from season two, was it? So I think... Yeah, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see moving forward. It's like definitely a I shouldn't say a stain on the show, but it is kind of like I think I would be gung ho like Ashley Darby is my top 3 because I mm. think she's so good she's so at good the at job. She's so good at this. But it's the Michael stuff that is really really hard um to grapple with. I mean, and there is the murky territory of the fact that I have been in both places with like Michael is holding her back and she deserves more. And this is hurting her job when it comes to him, like losing his mind on production, which I will never get over. I thought that was beyond disrespectful and ugly of him. I think he's an ugly person Mm -hmm. and very classist and elitist Mm -hmm. and um, thinks that his wealth buys him literally everything. And Mm -hmm. he may not be wrong, Mm -hmm. which we've seen, but it doesn't mean I like to look at him. And yet he may also provide an asset to her because he's such a piece of shit that this is one of those dynamics where like you would think ordinarily your toxic husband would be a mark against you like bringing down the ship style Mm -hmm. but with this it's like I don't know they're able to straddle it in such a way yep where I don't mean this in like a vindictive way but they are constantly gaslighting us by presenting themselves as like a reset every at every premiere of every new season. Yes. And yet she does sometimes reference stuff or he will that now he's in a family way. Like you would think I don't I don't know like cheater cheater pumpkin eater but I would think that if a person is cheating on you or whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. if they're not being unfaithful in a physical sexual emotional sense whatever it is and there aren't kids there i would think the addition of children would put even more pressure on that kind of dynamic 
And yet they seem to think that because he's a quote unquote family man now, <laughs> he's repaired. And I think about that as somebody without children. I'm like, you guys were a family before. Yep. You didn't have children, but you were still families can't exist without kids. Yes. And he wasn't a family man now. Then. So why does the pressure of having children and dealing with that stress make you somehow better how does that heal you yeah absolutely I, it's really really tough to grapple with and i i do think that for the last maybe two or three seasons like it was to the point where like michael was a vital plot device mm -hmm. i mean look at like the whole season four with the butt grabbing and the leaked footage and all that stuff mm -hmm. and it felt like last season with the Monique and Candace of it all, it was like, oh, this is going to be the first season in maybe two or three years where it's like not about a whole Michael drama. But mm -hmm. then there was the cheating thing. And then there was that wild, like you said, him talking to the production that way, which still blows my mind. I'm so I get viscerally angry when I think about it. He's such a fucking piece of it's shit. It's almost like maybe they just shouldn't even shown us that. I mean, I'm glad they did, of course. <laughs> but I it's am like... <laughs> so glad they did. But I fuck. I had a. I still have. I experience rage when I think about it and I watch that moment. Like yeah. people, however you're being paid, it's not enough to deal with that. I felt no. like it was abusive behavior. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm not sorry. Obviously, I'm not. And sorry. And it felt almost. Um, it was eerie to watch them specifically, even Ashley realized just the way she just kept saying his full name, Michael Darby, Michael mm -hmm. Darby. Like we're on camera. This is embarrassing type of thing and kind of really seeing people <laughs> for how they are. Mm -hmm. And um, almost as if not that the behavior was expected, but it maybe wasn't the first time. I mean, we've seen way worse edits of Michael than last season. <laughs> um, and I just think Ugh. that. Yeah, it's really tough as a viewer to support that. And I can imagine for the other women as co-workers. I mean, there's only so many times they can say, we saw you do this. No, this is a thing. And for every um, defense that they would have, well, it seemed like the producer liked it or they were friends. I think um, one of the women made a good point that's like, they also, this is their job. Like, mm -hmm. don't you think they were worried about losing their jobs? And like... That's a whole nother layer to it, too. Again, this is like the fourth time I've said it now, but like this is a job. They're at work. So mm -hmm. like and some things are just unacceptable. And that certainly is. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be really interested to see the way this season plays out mm -hmm. with the two of them and also just Ashley's dynamic within the group. You know, again, she isn't necessarily all that close to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. I watched the trailers back to back. I was talking to my friends about this for four and five. Mm -hmm. And her little like 10 second moment is almost exactly the same. And it's about her low sex drive after having a baby. Um, which I think is, listen, a wonderful perspective to have on TV for sure. Totally. But just from a like a production perspective that was like, okay, we're kind of in the same territory. Like what is next for Ashley, you know, and the Ashley we met with the restaurant and the Ashley we met with coffee and love. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really interested in what her um, development is going to be like, you know what I mean? I mean, I hate to say this, but obviously I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Two questions. I mean, like, mm -hmm. or however you look at it, 
we're watching the Erica and Tom of it all, which mm. we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But when she's saying to Crystal and Rena, who was Rena. the other person there? Crystal at her house? Yeah. Was Crystal it Rena? Mm-hmm. Which she's saying, like, look at your bank accounts. You know, have you looked at them? And Rena's like, please, I like run that shit. I'm like, I'm a CPA, you totally. know? And then Crystal's like, I won't. I haven't. It makes me nervous, but I will, or rather, I need to ask the question of like, shall we together or whatever that looks like i think about ashley who doesn't present the wealth that she and michael share in a way that's almost that is rare for housewives where you know like they are living in this very luxurious penthouse Mm -hmm. that we don't really see in that way because they are more centered and normal Mm -hmm. you know like Michael shows his wealth and privilege in how he treats people. It's not yeah. necessarily like in what he's wearing or what he's driving yep. or that at least hasn't been the focus of their of their narrative and storyline on the show. And yet I just fucking hope with that post snop and whatever else and she's got two bambinos. Mm-hmm. I just hope that she is accessing those accounts. I hope she's putting her Potomac check from the show <laughs> in a separate Somewhere individual else. whatever and is maybe making investments or whatever else because I don't want to see her in a dynamic where he leaves. Mm-hmm. I wish it would be that she kicks him out, but I think more realistically, sadly, he leaves and then withholds and takes everything from her. I think that that to me is very scary. Very scary. And I think it's really interesting to look at it that way because the last, as far as we know, Andy asked her at the season five reunion and they still hadn't figured out the whole post up of it all. Oh my God. And I think that is something that, you know, she should really be looking at not only because I really do feel, yes, we could talk about Ashley and how Michael has serviced the plot and everything, but she has built a lot of this for herself. Mm -hmm. She's been an OG for six seasons now, and that's a lot of work. And I think that um, she should certainly be taken care of in that way. And, yeah, it, it she certainly doesn't want for anything. I think you're right. It's not like the most... They're not flashy in their wealth, mm-hmm. but you just know that she's very well taken care of. You know, they're not really worried about things. Um and that phrase, well taken care of, I think is key here because mm-hmm. look at what's happening in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Tom's, Tom, the way that we are understanding the narrative of their relationship most recently seen in this week's episode is like he the aspect of enjoying taking care of someone. Now, yes. you can look at that as like mothering, you know, like parenting or providing emotional support or whatever whatever your like love language is, which I still have no idea how that works, but like I'm very into whichever one is Prezi's. Yes. <laughs> that's the one for me. I'm um, dead. Hello, there's a ring I'll show you after. There's Please. like a moment. There's something happening Please. at Pivot. And like, listen, it's from 1910s, from the arts and crafts period. And who doesn't love arts and crafts if it's a 1910 huge fucking amethyst? Yes. Okay, is all that we're saying. Um, and also, sidebar, amethysts are very good with healing. So really, it's like Mm -hmm. medical support is how I'm looking at it. Anyway, but when you think about love language and how a person cares for another, it takes on so many forms, emotional, maybe it's like professional or financial or whatever. And a part of Tom's interest in being a caregiver was obviously wealth. And it was, I think, also very apparent control, like actual control yes i tell you when to talk you speak to me in a diminutive way 
words today, you it's, guys, are real again, tough. It's it 700 degrees. degrees. I don't have air conditioning <laughs> on the people's wheels couch to deal with it. Um, and that's really to me. Um, but there are ways that he, it's not like a masochism. And also she is participating in this dynamic. Yes. She's choosing to be in that. I don't, mm-hmm. I literally do not want to take that away from her. And yes. there is also accountability in doing that. But he did seemingly not love when she branched out. Yeah. And she thinks that she like put on a show for us and she did. But also it's weird that you wrote a book and you haven't sent it to your husband of 700 years. Yeah. He's like 803 at this point. <laughs> um, as we know from like the court documents, plus yeah. what she's saying. Um, mm-hmm. But that is odd to me. Has yeah. he, he didn't come opening night because he wanted to see the tail end. Like, OK, Give I didn't a break. Right. Like, I didn't know that Tom was like with me at Marymount. Yeah, there is something <laughs> to be said about like settling into a part when you're like not a professional actress, which yeah. she was playing the part of being Mrs. Girardi for many years. So maybe that's on her resume. But <laughs> there is something to be said for the fact that like, yeah, he wasn't great. We knew we know we're seeing more now. Yeah. With the Ashley of it all, it is concerning to me because in the same way that they think that they are like massaging over the holes, we're some of us are still in the abyss. Yeah. I'm like, I am. You're telling me that like everything's okay and that like maybe the new problem is sex, which is. I, I don't even I, I don't know. To, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that in a non-critical way. But when it comes to like they have opened up their relationship and God bless them. If it's all consenting parties, Mm -hmm. you do you like literally. And also three other people like truly whatever (laughs) works for you, makes you happy. It satiates you. Great. Um, But like knowing that and knowing that he's not even being intimate with her one-on-one and that might be up to her and a discomfort. I cannot imagine the pregnancy journey and Mm -hmm. it's such a load to carry when Mm -hmm. you're, cooking a person inside of you (laughs) but it does make me nervous because there is a quasi similar energy there yeah and as ashley breaks out as erica has and did i just wonder how okay with that is and how connected his very public infidelities have been you know a response to that yeah like you think you're famous, mm-hmm. but I'm going to show you what happens when you when? get that fame. Wow. A little bit, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. That's wild because I, I do think that as a viewer, as you're saying, like a lot of us are still in the abyss. Like I think I'm just disassociating at this point. Yeah, like, it's you like have to. I watch and I, I'm not really taking in what I'm watching. And I, I think what is interesting is that it seems at least – with my friends and the timeline and stuff, it seems people still want the best for Ashley though. Yes. It's just, they don't like seeing him (laughs) on their screens. And Ashley, listen, people respond to things in different ways. I don't think she responded great Mm -hmm. to his stuff with the victim blaming Mm -hmm. with the, there, this person's just after money, whatever else. I thought those were really ugly tropes. And I was very appreciative for Karen's Mm -hmm. pushback on that because there needed to be one. And also the conversation about consent and everything else. I mean, these are very serious topics and, you know, 
there's the LOL of it all that people have that also relies on really ugly tropes. But, you know, Ashley, as a way to defend against what people were saying on her husband about her husband did participate in some of that. And that's not, it's not great. No. And everyone, I'm trying to think of besides Monique, uh, we're on the same page about <laughs> Michael. <laughs> I was trying to think of anyone who did it, but I was like, oh, yeah, that they were on the same page about that. But besides that, you know, everyone was like even people who she was seemingly close with, you know, like even Giselle and Robin were like, no, yeah, we saw him do that three years ago. And then he did it again <laughs> this season. Um, and because there are criminal charges pending, then it's like, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see it play out. And I'm obsessed with your Erica comparison because that in the whole bank account of it all, because now I'm worried. I think I'm going to be a little worried now when I watch Potomac and watch Ashley's uh, packages. I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started uh, this Kiki about like <laughs> dating and relationships and stuff yeah. and my phobia, which I'm working through right <laughs> now. Shot Girl Summer. But there is the idea of like, I cannot imagine sharing a bank account with someone Mm-mm. and having them spend my money, I can't imagine spending theirs. So I have no problem with a shared bank account, which is comprised of their money and my access to it. But I just yeah. cannot. I mean, it's a conversation. My dad, who, you know, has was a practicing attorney is uh, whatever language you want to use for that. But um, uh, for many years and was a diver- divorce attorney, wow. civil litigator. And I remember him telling me in like high school, college, do not ever rely on a man to support you. Like I remember the conversation driving through wow. Providence where he was like, do not ever rely on that. You need to be able to support yourself. And he was like, and also learn to play golf because yeah. that's where business meetings happen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, we're just going to pull some of this from some uh, things that I'll work on from this. But there is the idea of that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, that's what I really appreciated about. And I think a lot of it, listen, has to do with power and where mm-hmm. you are when you come into a relationship. Like I do think no matter which way you spin it, there is an aspect of Erica being 27 and going into this. Oh, that, like, my God. She has yeah. a lot of power. And I think with Renna and Harry, what's so fascinating is that they had both. I mean, Harry more so, but like Renna was working for herself. She mm-hmm. like worked hard to get herself to where she was. She was a working actress. And I think the them that they've always had their own accounts is a really practical way to look at things. Renna also mm-hmm. wasn't the first wife either, but I just but neither was Erica. Mm-hmm. So I just think that there's a way that they and I have to imagine that there's a respect in that and I think it says a lot about your partner male or female if they feel a certain way about you not having your own money if you're the sole provider you know what I mean yeah because it feels like they are give I mean there is the literal dynamic and situation Mm -hmm. which I have heard about and witnessed of someone providing an allowance for someone else and like the paternal almost like misogynistic odd the that dynamic is tough and then there are dynamics like Kyle and Mauricio Mauricio who's like fucking killing the game with the agency but we have seen the photos we've heard the expressions of 
or the illustrations of the dynamics of when like he had nothing they yeah. had nothing together yeah she was a single parent with a young daughter yeah they met they fell in love they got married she convinced his uh grandmother that she would take care of him and she seemingly has done an yes. excellent job of that of being a partner, which is a dynamic that she wanted, you know, like you, mm -hmm. some people may want a different uh, where your spouse is a provider in that way. And if you're both consenting to it, great mazel tov. Like if you want to say it's like a traditional model, you do you. The problem yep. to me becomes like what happens when that falls apart? Like at least with Kyle Mauricio, it feels like the empire that they grew together versus Tom came in as Aaron Brockovich, like yes. pre-movie. He was, he still was that guy. Yeah. So what happens? What happens when she's like, but I want an Oscar too, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, again, it was so telling. And I do think, and again, there's lots to break down in terms of her story and how mm -hmm. we're watching it. But it was interesting that like, the lead of a show on Broadway, that is kind of the end game. Like, that's what that's you huge. work towards. Yeah. Especially just knowing her history in general. I actually mm -hmm. enjoyed her edit last year because it did seem like, you know, when you're in the business, it's hard and mm -hmm. you can really want to give up. And to see someone at her age actually make it to Broadway after moving here at, how old was she? Like 19 or 20 or Baby. something like that? Baby. Like, it's really inspiring. But then it said so much that, like, because it wasn't even like, it opened and then COVID happened like the next day. Like it was running for weeks. He definitely. Oh, months. Yeah. She was in the tail. She only had a couple weeks left of her contract. It was very, um, very odd. Very odd. And also, what does it say that, listen, hon, so supportive, so proud of you. Camera's there. I'm emo. You're emo. We're emo together. And I don't even say that that like wasn't true. But it is also the case for him to be like, listen, I know that I have stolen two jets. <laughs> like <laughs> rented them with stolen money. Yeah. I would schlep over to New York. I could do that. I'm as vibrant and healthy as a horse <laughs> right now. But I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. And what yeah. I'm going to say to you is I will go later. I am too busy right now. Mm -hmm. And what am I doing? Providing that money for you. Stolen money. Mm -hmm. But providing that life that you have accrued that enabled you to be on the show. In the first place. Which has gotten you this stardom. Yeah. I mean, my God. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I look back and they've shown that scene it kind of gives me chills now because I don't think we really knew what we were seeing last season when he says, I'm proud of you. And she has such a visceral reaction to him saying that. she never that. hears it. Was very. And when I watched it in season 10, I was like, oh, wow. Because I felt like the last season, like the whole edit was like, let's get to know Tom. Like mm -hmm. they had them over. Erica really opened up to Garcelle mm -hmm. about like who cares about the um their sex life or whatever mm -hmm. she loves him and now i look at it and i'm like oof that's there's no relationship that i would want that that would be my reaction i mean it wasn't like a happy we did this together type of cry you're proud of me cry it was like she had never heard those words before or even it really was solid in the support from in any sort of support from him it was like she didn't even know that it was really there i mean financially yes obviously but it seems like there was no 
emotional support at all um, amidst this huge scandal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, then there's all these other layers. The gratitude factor is real. It's like they're the Adam and Eve of toxicity almost in the uh-huh. seeming of like, and he is man and she is woman. Mm-hmm. And maybe he took a little <laughs> something from her. Um, I mean, we got to talk about it. Let's How are you watching? How it. are you watching? What were your thoughts on her? Um, I mean, this first week? off so much. Some of the most gripping television, I will say. One of the best episodes of all I time. Mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. They I don't were know talking in Zoom, and I was captivated. One of the best episodes of I'm just of modern history. Yes, hundred percent, a hundred percent. It is historic. Historic, historic for sure. And I found myself not so much sympathizing, but wondering if things could be a bit murkier. And not saying I do think she had to have known something, Mm -hmm. but I do wonder, and maybe you can speak to this too, like, Mm -hmm. because I certainly am not a legal mind, but what is she being advised to say? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, what can she say? I think the things that we want from her, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, Mm -hmm. maybe she's been advised not to say, but I am surprised at how much she is revealing and how much she's leaning into it, considering just what we've seen in the past in the show with women who, and this is the biggest scandal, but you know what I mean? We've seen a lot of runaways. Yeah, I think that Housewives wasn't built for crime. And mm-hmm. Housewives was created as a way to like show behind the gates of whatever, mm-hmm. however you want the fuck, rich people in California. And yeah, as we learned through Orange County during the um, bubble burst housing crisis, like, Mm. yeah, a lot of this isn't real. And so, sure, you could say that there is an element of that um, as a part of the foundation of this show. But when it comes to like literal crimes being in front of us as the foundation for the presentation of the wealth that we've seen, I think it's a tough experience for them to navigate just like yes if the spiritual idea of housewives i'm yeah. not even saying like literal people though that is also the case when it comes to the erica i think that there is a tension within the bravo community mm-hmm. including myself mm-hmm. of the and this is pre this week i should just caution in there yes but of the even maybe the last two weeks but there is the idea of I don't want to care about this woman because I'm seeing the Hulu documentary. I'm reading the LA times articles. I'm seeing the whatever else. And there are actual literal victims here here whose quality of life day to day survival was dependent on money that was stolen by this man that his wife may or may not have known about, but certainly profited from 1000%. So when we're having conversations about like, did Erica know I almost have to put that aside because we will actually never Never know. know. And the question to me is, did she profit from it? Absurdly, obscenely, yes. Yes. And are we going to see her connect those dots? And that is, I get the privilege of thinking that way because I'm not inside of it. As you said, zooming out, which is P.S. one of my like Mm -hmm. favorite phrases right now. (laughs) I'm like very, this is the summer of zooming out. We have to do a lot of that. We got to do a lot. But there's the idea of, zooming out on this knowing that we have the benefit of doing that while Erica remains 
uber zoomed in, as do her co-stars. And also, Housewives is a... Erica Jane, nay Girardi, is a real housewife. The Mm -hmm. show is about her. In real time, there's a tension because we're like, the story is really about the victims, but Housewives is centered on her story and her life. And these are cast members but especially with this fucking you know alliance these are (laughs) genuinely friends of hers yes so we can have conversations about like did she know they can ask her that they can ask her questions about her marriage but it is a different kind of environment and world and it's difficult for some of us who have expressed anger and frustration about the idea of even being forced to feel empathy for her because we feel like that's so uh, unavailable. Yes. And yet watching this week, it's like beyond unavoidable for me to not empathize with her. Totally. Which does not mean I, and and also feel sympathy. Like there is the idea you can empathize with someone while still disagreeing. You don't have to have lived their exact experience or think that the situation is in any way cool or say that she is like right in this and we don't care about anything else it's just the idea that you are under interested in understanding their point of view and it is tough to do and has been very tough to do with erica because her presentation of herself online including possibly like literally while she's filming these things because we've seen her post the confessional photos as she's doing glam and doing Mm -hmm. yada yada and it's like she's asking us not to do that she's making fun of people who are questioning why she isn't feeling empathy for the other people Mm -hmm. for the i hate to say it but like real victims Mm -hmm. i i think there's an argument that can be made that was made on a recent episode with emily d baker of like she is also a victim in this Yes. And we saw examples of that, more examples of that this week and also has profited off of it. And that's why she can't be in the same dynamic or world as everything else. And also, this is her show. Yes. And I think that nuance is so important and is really getting lost. But you just brilliantly explained why though because it's a lot oh to God. hold <laughs> tell me more you did it's a lot to hold both in your head but i think that's what's frustrating with the conversation online specifically you know with on twitter or if you're just writing it's really frustrating because i think that's what it is and two things can be true she can be a victim in this but also profited from it at the same time and that does put her on a different plane but it's even frustrating with a lot of calls for I think the timeline these women are constantly having to like reiterate Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's like a lot of people are like I can't believe that they even have her on this show and it's a lot of people who don't understand the timeline that's like when it all really started to hit the fan they were almost rapid you know what I mean it's not Mm -hmm. like this all happened and then they were like let's start filming let's pick up the season that's just not how it works and also the women only knew so much there were lots of calls for the women to have lots of questions like this third or fourth episode and Garcella Watch Happens Live was like, we only knew about the divorce like the rest of us. If Mm -hmm. we remember, we all saw the divorce and then the Instagram with the cheat, like all that stuff played out at the same time. And this isn't me um, defending the Fox Force five or anything, because I do think that they are very much clinging and defending her. But I just think 
I've sort of, within a lot of the past seasons, I'm relinquishing to what I'm watching and mm. understanding the medium in which I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, let's watch it play out on the show, knowing this is Housewives. This is going to be Erica's perspective. And not going into it, searching for something that we're not going to get on Housewives. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, LOL to the Fox Force. Fi- like, I just keep thinking of Rinna, who is, like, mm-hmm. on her knees. I, know. I keep thinking of, like, I don't know why, as a Jew, I keep thinking of, like, the Catholicism of it all. <laughs> but, like, repent. But, like, she is all over her own want to say staged repentance but like her own like please forgive me i need to atone on one hand with the garcelle representative of the denise and on the other it's like wow these are federal crimes that have hurt survivors of like serious physical trauma people whose family members have been killed and you are going above and beyond to say that you know her this is the person there's another story there there's something else going on and we are just coming off of the denise season and it's like one of these people you knew for 20 years the other i don't know yeah like around five it's just a little bit to me in the back of my like mind it's like a little bit of an lol but like yeah also there is this big story here and Erica certainly isn't helping herself uh, by how she is presenting as a person who, like, laughs at humanity mm-hmm. as she is, like, actively inhumane, mm-hmm. who is leading with ego. And then on the show, it's like, okay, here's the breakdown. Yes. Almost like a little bit of a breakthrough Mm -hmm. that a lot of people were questioning, like, why we haven't seen it. And it's like, well, now we're seeing Seeing this. And it, to me, feels very real. I think so, too. And I think it's hard. I I almost imagine it would have been even more effective had obviously we not known all this stuff, but especially the social media. Like you said, it's really hard to Mm. then pick up your phone. And see those interactions. And I think with the Rena of it all, what is fascinating to me is that it really signals in all their responses. Because even Garcelle was showing a lot of empathy to her this past Mm -hmm. season. And I think a lot of people with the trailer and stuff were like, oh, Garcelle's really going to question Erica. But I really don't think that's the case. I don't think so. I think she's asking questions, but she's not necessarily questioning. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this shows the gravity and the realness Mm -hmm. of this with this group that we maybe haven't seen in a really long time in Beverly Hills and that the Denise stuff to me from my eye was workplace stuff Mm -hmm. because it wasn't really about Brandy it was about how they felt about how Denise was different on the show Mm -hmm. it felt very work Mm -hmm. with the bravo 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 all Mm -hmm. that stuff which I also feel like they should have leaned way more into but a conversation for another time but oh they totally should that's such a good point i never thought about because i think that's kind of what it really was it was Mm -hmm. like whoa you're acting a little different than you were last season Mm -hmm. like you're kind of course correcting a little bit and like Mm -hmm. that's what they had their issue with but they had to come up with all these different other ways and that's what signals to me it's like this is like whoa like it's not something that 
they even had an inkling of what was coming. Even if you go back to Panty Gate or even Puppy Gate or something, it's like stuff would happen and it would kind of be about something else that they would be able to navigate it through their own language on the show. This is not that. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. And I don't know what's going on in their heads. They're probably like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to say the right thing. I want to be, you know what I'm saying? So, and this isn't me defending Rena at all because I do think that it is hypocritical, especially considering her relationship with Denise. But I do think that for me, it just speaks to the difference in what this is. I think it's easy, right, if it's like a work thing mm-hmm. to make it a big deal. I completely agree. And I also, it's just like, what kind of Erica is going to be left at the end of this, assuming the end ever happens? There's a moment where she's like, how long, you know, Kyle's like, how long do you think this is even going to go on for? Or whomever she was talking to at that point, she was like, uh, or no, it wasn't Kyle. It was like Crystal or Rena, somebody. And she was like, yeah, you know, a year, uh, probably over a year. This is going to, that's not, that is never going. It is Mm-mm. a year starting in maybe 15. Like there are so, there's yeah. so many uh-huh. lawsuits that she's go, that are coming her way that are happening now. It will surely outlive Tom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and she's not protected from any of it. So the Erica that was created and became almost like a legend. Yeah. And I mean that word in a couple different ways was built off of this wealth, mm-hmm. which we know was based it's on expensive to be me. Yeah. It is expensive to be her. And so what are what is going to remain here? And also the idea of Erica, like it's, I'm not cold, it's not ice, it's diamonds, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like the idea of her has always been, aside from a few moments of expressed rage, has always been like outside of this. Yes. That she has so much money, so much wealth, then the celebrity, so the busy. fame, Dancing the with sex the stars, pot. Yeah, that, like uh-huh. all of this. She is so outside. The mystique of Erica has always been built on. I don't want to. It's not elitism in my head. It's Mm -hmm. like being above all of it as just like a spiritual environment or something. So what happens when we now know she needs this like nothing she's ever needed in her entire life? Because she is going to be broke quick if she's not already and truly fucking needs this check. What kind of person, what kind of, she can no longer tap out because we're like, oh, well, she might not mix in this stuff, but she's giving us the glamour. She's giving us the wealth. She's giving us the. No, she has to be 100% tapped in. And I think you even see, I am seeing her engage more so than ever. Even her just going over to Sutton and giving her a hug and pulling mm-hmm. Crystal aside. And t- that really wasn't Erica's M.O. She would watch and she would obviously be at dinner, but she that's like a Kyle move. You she know? would hug you with your eyes. Yes. You know, like exactly. she would be like, I'm giving you a hug. She would still care for that person, but yes. I don't know that she would actively console. She may not be physically, that might not be her expression of love and caring. And now it's like, yeah, you might need to activate in a way that you haven't before. Yeah, and I can't – it's so hard not to bring up the Teresa of it all because that's just the only sort of comparison-ish mm-hmm. you could have to when something really big happened. Again, mm-hmm. she literally went to jail, and obviously it's two separate things. But still, even then, 
Teresa's staying power and that a lot of it was put on, most of it was put on to Joe, mm-hmm. I think allowed the show to continue. They obviously waited for her <laughs> to come back. And with Erica, what I do worry about is that she's a bit more expendable to the greater picture. Yeah, and the thing with Teresa is that I do think she was a victim in that dynamic. She yeah. was just telling her to sign shit. He knew what was happening. She didn't, and she had to learn a really, really tough, tough lesson. lesson. Then I think of Jen Shaw, and I'm like, oh, look, it's Tom Girardi in Salt Lake City. This is different from the Erica because the Erica is gray. I think Jen Shaw is black yes. and white. When it comes totally. to the actual... Who is being charged with this? Mm-hmm. Who is has the indictment from the Southern District? It is Jen. It's not yet Erica, no. and we don't know if that will ever happen. But when it comes to like the nuts and bolts who was behind this, I think of the direct line between Jen and Tom. Mm-hmm. And yet there's like a twist there because Jen online is saying that she's the victim. Yeah. You're hearing, like, imagine a Hulu documentary that's the hustler and the housewife, and the person being discussed is both, Mm -hmm. which is Jen Mm -hmm. Shatumi, and you're hearing all of these stories of the victims, and Jen is applying to be seen as a victim as well. Like, she's sending in her reel. She's like, I'm the one that was really harmed. Like, and I'm in Dolce. That's somebody's grandmother, you know, could have been her retirement. But instead, I'm wearing these great shoes. And also, listen, my cousin started to go fund me. If everybody follows me, puts in $250, I'll have a lot of more money and I'll be free. You know, like, it's, it is so fascinating. Very the transition of victimization, which is so connected to like empathy and lack thereof. And we are all walking a new path with Erica. This has never happened before never. in this way. People's opinions are going to change. A lot of people are upset and that will continue. Mm-hmm. And we're navigating it as we discuss what we're seeing on TV. And then we'll see what happens with Jen, who's going to be very upset who's looking at Erica's mascara moment and is like, wow, let's let's double down on that. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the eyeliner? Mm -hmm. Like I can do one better new (laughs) show, better energy. Like we're going to watch. And also like, how are the women of Salt Lake city watching Beverly Hills? Are they watching and being like, okay, let's make sure like conversations about grace and like innocent until proven guilty. And you know, we can't really blame this on the husband the way we can way the way they did in Beverly Hills, but we're going to try our best to show sympathy to the actual perpetrator of the alleged crimes. Yeah. I don't know. That's where empathy gets tricky. Very. Very, and it's gonna be really wild. You're right. That's such a cool perspective. Like, how are the other housewives in different cities watching this? And also, well, how does it work production wise? Are there moments where they're like, Kyle, maybe don't say that because that's implying something. You know what I mean? Because you Mm -hmm. don't. That's a whole nother can of worms. Mm -hmm. Um, That's an interesting point. What if someone thought that Erica did it? What if Susie Housewife was on Beverly Hills dripping and maybe a gemstone or whatever it is saying, I think Erica did it. How would that work? I mean, even asking possibly innocuous or maybe not questions. We see some Erica rage on the horizon with the Sutton moment. 
how would that work if someone truly wasn't giving her the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. Well, that's what's fascinating to me, especially watching now, what I did not anticipate with the Sutton of it all, is how close they are in this first half of the season. Mm. Like, there's the moments where Sutton took her out. There was even, like I said, Erica pulled her aside and hugged Mm -hmm. her and told her, it's okay, babe, it's fine. Like, And every interview is like Erica going, Sutton's got a heart of gold. She's a good person. She would never mean to... I I don't... The Violet thing's annoying. But she would never Mm. mean to do that. Um, And it's... I wonder when it switches. When... Mm -hmm. And and not even necessarily switches. I mean, we don't know. Maybe Sutton just asks a question. But it seems like there's a lot hurled at Sutton at that sit-down. Um. And I'm so excited to see the ride. And there's also so many other amazing things happening. That's what's making the season. So it's not like had this not happened, it would. I think it still would have been such a dynamic, fresh season. It's, um, yeah, I'm just so excited. It's so good. It's honestly so good. And mm-hmm. you can go in so many different ways. You did just say something that I need to understand a little oh, bit before boy. you're out. Yeah. And also New York happened, guys, and it's terrible. <laughs> so I don't, I wanted to, I actually did Woo! watch it again while cleaning a little bit. And like, I can't even give it 25%. I cannot talk no. about it without, I actually do get triggered because it's so bad that like, we're not even no. sorry. Sorry if you came in the door and you were like, oh my no, God, no, I can't no. wait to talk about New York right now. Um, no. But what are your thoughts on this Sutton and Crystal? Because I feel like, Something's about to be said that I'm so fascinated yeah, by. Yeah, I feel like, truthfully... Yeah, be, keep it real. Let's disagree. They are blowing this word out of proportion, and it's really making me mad with the violate thing. I think Crystal, to me, has been explicitly clear about what she oh meant by Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Or we're on the same page. The oh, love. Good. Oh, oh. It's, oh. And even with my faves, I adore Garcelle. I feel like they're all kind of gaslighting Crystal into her and wanting oh her to not God. feel how I she feels. I fucking die for you. Thank God. I fucking, because <laughs> people are talking about that. And it's like, if she is, I mean, I'm talking about, but if she is not, if she has already clarified for you. That five not million only, times. Five million times. And then people are like, but you didn't clarify for, her. and then Sutton is coming back and she's like, well, I didn't hear, I haven't heard it yet. And it's like, babe, mm-hmm. she has said it multiple times. Multiple times. And I feel like the other women are the ones who made it a, sexual thing yes. especially in how kyle talked about oh it and God. how dorie talked the about love it love that i have for you because it really was like i can't even and you know what i'll even say if you want to look at it the other way even crystal, say it even say crystal's it. explanation of it was mm-hmm. a lot more heightened on the trip and it did change sure mm-hmm. but already two dinners ago she made it very clear it was not sexual mm-hmm. or inappropriate in any way this is the definition of violate and this is how i felt so i'm not going to back down on the word now it's like we keep repeating it and i do think i mean obviously kathy with the thomasina thing I mean, like she's stirring it a little yeah, but she it's, triggered it was weird i thought crystal made such a great observation when she said that like you don't get to just cry now and get empathy when you were the one who did something to me like sutton it's this weird reverse psychology thing she's doing that like sutton is mad at crystal for being upset with something that crystal did and now Crystal has to apologize for that. And it just doesn't make sense. 
Also, Sutton is very focused and has like real strong opinions about delivery. I don't like the way you spoke to me when you said that, girl. I don't like the way that you are making these jokes. And there is literally only one case where I'm like that to me, I 100% non-starter when she's talking when Crystal is using words related to mental mm. health like that manic. are, yes. right, that are inappropriate if it's triggering in any way, especially knowing Sun's backstory. That is a, to me, non-starter. Yep. You need to just like drop it. drop it and also say I'm sorry for that. Yes. That being said, <laughs> everything else, we are so focused on crystal's reaction to things when she is reacting to your own poor behavior if we're gonna have a conversation about why delivery matters and you're being mean to me tell a woman of color that you want to see the world as colorblind and then wait and judge her for her response and then have a long conversation about this person not being nice to me Mm -hmm. because nice comes in a and again white woman talking but like (laughs) i get a little heated about it because like nice comes in so many different ways yeah and your expression of nice is probably very connected to like the southern gal and like being like peace and love and oh, everything yeah. else and, and here's like, a gift and right yeah and what oh and here's a gift except we all know that that <laughs> yeah. is really the trigger it was like kathy but it was also the fact that he, she fucking showed and crystal put in all of that attention into the like the ring that you said as a one-off three weeks ago guess what i got you one I but know. it's like special for you that's when you start putting on the i'm about to lose my shit makeup yes. and then you say i'm so i don't want to be in her presence which, by the way, not delivered in the nicest way. No. Funny how that works. Exactly. That's what killed me. Oh, Sutton said, oh, when she did say, and I absolutely agree, it is a non-starter. Non-starter. We're adults. The, We're adults. With the um, mental, mental health, health talk. Yeah, non-starter. But it was interesting, too, that like she did, she was like, what crazy planet do you live on, Crystal? Hello? So it was kind of like, it's in Sutton really doubling down on the delivery of it all. It's kind of getting lost for me. And it's not me taking out the fact that I think Crystal can be kind of mean. And I guess I kind of enjoy that a little bit, like, as a housewife. I think we haven't had that in a while. And I think with this group, what I'm loving about her and what I think is so fascinating is that every other person in that cast has a different opinion. And it seems like she just does not care. And she's going to stick by how she feels. We saw it at the dinner. And I think it's – she'll defend herself, but it doesn't – I feel like – we see gang ups, big air quotes, with this cast a lot. But it, I don't think it really feels that way with her because she's not letting it knock her that much. Like, she's just like, it's fine. I'm not going to not say that word. That's the word that I feel that I want to use. But you guys can feel that way. That's fine. And that's just kind of is what it is. And it's refreshing that this is the first, like, non-actress we've had since Teddy, I guess. And... um I wish Teddy acted even a little. (laughs) Put on some kind of part. Oh, boy. And I don't mean your center hair. Like, for (laughs) real. Like, give me literally anything. Actually, don't give me anything because I don't want you to come back. Yeah, I feel interesting. And people dislike Crystal. Yes. They really do. And I say normalize loving Crystal on the show and Sutton on the show. I agree. I am a slutton in the sense that I think she's great for Beverly Hills. And I disagree with almost, I disagree with a lot. And two things can be true, though, in that sense. Yeah. Like you can, and I've, 
seen this on Twitter a lot, and I even posted something about it too. It really reminds me of like the richness of Shannon Bedore, Heather Dubrow, that first season oh my of God, like the, the love that I have for you. Because oh it's God. like that oh was such God. a rich like these women are fundamentally different, and it's not even about what it was about anymore. And it's just snowball. Like it was like. Heather like went to the bathroom they pulled out a chair like that stupid stuff and then yet screaming at her at Javier's all that stupid stuff but it's like that's what we love and that's to make a I know we're not talking about Roni a little bit though Do I-, I will say speaking to that point there's been lots of talk of it's only five women and that's why it's bad but we have had some solid seasons with five women that was a season of OC where it was just Lizzie Tamara Vicky Heather Shannon Solid and it was a really solid season. Really I solid think season. there's plenty to talk about Roni, but I think it's a lot. It's a different show, and I think in New York you need more women, but at the same time there's a there's a lot more we have to fix there. So. I mean, look at Beverly Hills, New York. <laughs> it's you know you, you if you went down to five in Beverly Hills, I would be really upset. I don't want any of these women to go because they all serve a purpose. But these are also these are all strong women. Yeah. New York is a shit show. Like I don't I don't I don't know what to do with it. Do not ask me. Mm-mm. I don't have any. Just Mm-mm. not this. I'm not even it's, interested in the page six battles and the TMZ battles that are happening to the, like that's I'm even disinterested in that. Like I'm like, I kind of don't care until we just wrap it up and hopefully shake it up because it's too, it's too much. And also another sidebar really fast while you were talking about that. Do we need to send out smoke signals for Dorit though? Where was she last episode? Dorit. Listen, die for Dorit. Yeah. (laughs) If Erica has taught us anything, surprises could abound in future seasons true so maybe something but that's not real that's not like an eric that's not that's not the gen shot that's more like the tree but mm-hmm. like not tree yes. above tree and mm-hmm. the having a sense that something is happening i i don't know where she is but i just love i think she's doing great ensemble work no she's doing she, she's doing great, great ensemble, ensemble work. work it just was like we saw a scene where they visited her house when she had covid but they just like flash back to it like it Oh, yeah. Like, so other people had... Co- Kathy doesn't need to show us anything that she doesn't want to. No so ma'am, she was like, no, ma'am. no, thank you. I'm not doing a Zoom. That's why I'm Kyle a friend Kyle was of. there. It felt like she tested positive and got on Zoom. Like, yeah, 100%. Kyle was like, like, okay, I just got the results. My husband is fleeing to our desert house. Um, not Kim's, but their own. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. and Kyle was like in it. Like, mm-hmm. done. And uh, yeah, and Dorit um, told us about the babies. Well, I do, cute, I do predict, because did you see Garcelle's birthday post for Dorit? Which Dorit did not appreciate. No. Dorit's responses about it on social were like, I'm not seeing the humor here, which is a dynamic that I love. Can you tell the AGs, tell the people what happened? So Garcelle, well, for a little bit of context, though, I, I remember while they were shooting this, mm-hmm. Garcelle went on to watch What Happens Live, I think, to promote Coming to America. And she did a little, like, Andy did a little superlatives. They were in the middle mm-hmm. of filming. Mm-hmm. Who's the most this? Who's the most that? And he asked her who was the most annoying. And she said Dorit. And I, I remember sitting back and being like, oh, that's an interesting perspective that I didn't kind of expect. You would think expect. Rena. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so. Rena would be like, but it's me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. But wait a minute. And then I think it was like the second episode. There was like a 
screener party mm-hmm. at Kathy's mm-hmm. and Dorit did an interview where mm-hmm. she said Garcelle was the most inauthentic and talked about how she's an actress and all this stuff. So I do see something on the horizon on the show that I, mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see if there's a disagreement or something. It's going to be so good. Um, and I, so Garcelle, it was Dorit's, I mean, it's like the cast of Cancer. So it's been a different Beverly Hills girl <laughs> birthday the past week. But um, Garcelle posted for Dorit's birthday. Now also, she posted a birthday post for Rena, which was kind of nice. It was a picture of her and Rena. It was like, happy birthday, Rena. Hope you have a great day. And she follows her now. Her post for Dorit was a picture of Dorit the fish. And then if you slide it by, it was a picture of Dorit. And then the caption was something along the lines of, happy birthday, Dorit, from your most inauthentic friend oh ever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I for it was one of those moments, like, I happened to open Instagram, and it had been up for, like, 30 seconds, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? Like, I literally had to, like, oh, it so was... Good. She's so good at this. So, she's so good talented. at this. She's so she is having such a great, like... Renaissance. So good. And I was someone, and I adore her, but I do think that, and I was saying this, like, I gave her season 10 a B, mm-hmm. only because she was obviously stunning, gorgeous, her interviews were amazing. She just wasn't in the mix for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. She was super busy. She also did say she felt like none of the women wanted to really play with her. Mm-hmm. Like, she just was not, it did not feel like she was embedded in the mm-hmm. group. And it just feels like this season, I love her packages at home. Phenomenal. I love her boys. Love her I boys. love every scene she's in. She's so funny. I even like, like, her and Kyle seem like there's an actual relationship I have said coming. for forever that they teamed up phenomenal, and it's yes. coming true. Thank you so much. And Thank it's so just, much. like, she's really nailing it, and, like, that is a layer. Like, the petty, which, like, that's a We've seen Rena do that constantly, use Instagram mm-hmm. that way, but it's really fun to see it from Garcelle, and, um... Yeah, I mean that that we may see more of Dorit and her. I imagine. I mean, what else is there to you know? I mean, the reunion's gonna be spicy. Is all I can say. The and reunion's gonna be spicy. Do we think Erica's gonna be there? She has to be. Not only because someone at something. I think it was Dorit actually said like she'll definitely be there. She has no choice financially but to be there. And and what will happen mm. is this is where people I think are gonna get pissed because it will be the. I can't talk about that. I, I can't talk about that, but but then the craving of the empathy, and then Andy's been a little about like even <laughs> even like talking about the reality behind even the conversation about this. Like yes. they refuse to even acknowledge, except Erica now literally is on the show. You know, was she aware? Yada yada. Mm-hmm. So I think that they will figure it out. I'm sure there were conversations about how she will respond and they will ask the question anyway so that the record will state the question was asked knowing that she won't respond um similar to what we'll see coming up at a dinner but she will be she finance here's the thing is like different erica like erica doesn't have the privilege of being lvp and being able to tap out and pay and whatever it's a lot of money you yeah. don't make Allegedly. Yeah, it's, um, that's how they, and it's super smart that they've done that, where it's like, very. you're getting a certain cut here, you're getting a certain cut when you attend the reunion, and you may get fined if you say crazy things or do things without permission, yada, yada, because of so many precedents that have been set. I mean, it is going to be, I don't know why this is flashing my head, but like, there's the Bethany Accord, which is the part of the contract where the network now gets a percentage of, um, whatever house yes. if you create something blah 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 and it's like what's the Erica Jane accord when it comes to like the debt of it all like yeah. when it comes to Bravo's philosophical spiritual responsibility but then mm-hmm. also everything else because 
this is now we know she was a performer. Yep. COVID obviously changes things there, but I don't know. I don't know. Beverly Hills will be her largest stream of income. And yet the mask that we have seen her put on has cost a lot of money. It's going to be, I mean, circling back as we like wrap to, you know, just the idea of who this person will be. She has, to me, no choice but to stay. I'm just curious as to how this will change her, even from like a financial perspective, like who is the Erica, which Erica can she now afford? Wow. Yeah. It's certainly not going to be the one that we met. No. And And not even the one that we're seeing now, I don't think. It's going to be really fascinating and really interesting to see what decisions are made moving forward mm-hmm. um and a lot of that may have to do with the reunion or what even happens in the news <laughs> like and what mm-hmm. happens with all of these cases i mean i just think that the reunion is going to be every reunion is must watch tv mm-hmm. this is going to be like the super bowl of reunions it's going to be really Wild. seven parts it's because i can't even can you imagine a future of like her being at BravoCon. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, she couldn't go. No. The only way she could go is to do some sort of step and repeat, but without meeting anybody. <laughs> that could never happen. Like, the thing with, you know, Dorit getting followed by someone at Bahamar ah! is that you can cut that out so we only hear about it yes. or see video, but we everybody's going to gonna have their phone. That, and ev- <laughs> Oh, I'm 100%. And everybody's going to want to know. And the f- wild thing is, like, at, did you go to BravoCon in 2018? No, oh I God. was doing a show, so I was working, which was oh, amazing. Okay, but amazing. you, I will be there this year. I mean, <laughs> hello. Um, also, it's happening in New York. God yeah. bless. Um, God, but Beverly Hills was by far the worst panel of all of them. It was hor- It was a, a, an ungodly mess. And weren't they like they were about to go on that trip with Denise? Yeah, Denise was there. I forget the timing of it. Yeah, shit was like happening I don't think they had gone yet on the trip, mm-hmm. um, but it was very and even un- it was just very bad. And Erica was especially bad and withholding. Someone asked her if she would ever do a, a do. Oh, no. Someone asked her about her musical inspiration. And she said that was too private to answer. It was really what? I was groaning. I was with Tracy Morrissey. We were oh yelling. It was like a whole thing. We were literally yelling. Yeah. No, like this is not good. And um. This time, I'm sure Beverly Hills is going to be fucking crazy AF. Got, yeah. You know Kathy Hilton's going to be there. Oh, and my we are God. Gonna fucking, every question is going to be like, can we be friends? Yes. With Erica, it's like, I don't know what to do with her. I'm sure she should be there in some capacity. But even more like than legally from like a PR perspective, I don't know what you do with her when it's a convention event that's all about the community of fans meeting up with the Bravo Labs because there is no way to get around it. Because you and I are having a very nuanced conversation that Mm -hmm. requires a lot of like emotional intelligence. There's no quick payoff. It's not just like a punchline call it a day. This is a conversation that requires time and energy and empathy and instinct and whatever else with BravoCon, it is not created for that, nor should mm-hmm, it be. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how do you, 
have this person who requires time in which to even like start to have it. It's like the Snapchat of stuff. Yeah. You know? And did you find, and again, I wasn't there, like, and this is just way bigger than just housewives, but were there like groans or reactions from people? Like if like a housewife walked on stage and like, let's say they weren't their favorite. Yeah. Yeah. There was some awkwardness because there were, and it just happened a spare amount of times, which when you think of the thousands of people who attended and the number of events, this is actually miraculous. Yeah. But there was an energy at in some of the questions because there was a q a at every uh mm-hmm. at every panel and there were a few moments where it was someone trying on the hat of being a housewife but their oh, idea exactly and that. their idea of being trying on the hat is like being directly insulting and yeah. so that was present i don't remember beverly hills because i blocked it but in new jersey um oh didn't someone ask jackie, jackie a question or yeah, something and i forget i was there for it i forget what the question was but it was really obnoxious and i'm sure it was a tree hugger Mm -hmm. wanting to show their queen that they were like you know still (laughs) a part of the court or whatever like look at what i'm doing for you and this person doesn't care like and i mean that in the nicest possible way you're not doing them a favor and if you are it is 15 seconds long it's fleeting teresa's not even listening she doesn't know where she is like there were moments where she was like what do you guys think and it was actually phenomenal and i like died for it but it was also like i don't know how to answer this so you guys do it for me it was like fun judy j judy j judice karaoke but (laughs) with the other stuff it's just kind of awkward yeah but it only happened a few times i'm nervous about how many times it will happen now but it's that is unfortunately the nature of the game that some people want to play it. They don't understand that they're not. Yeah. You know? And that we don't know these people at the end of the we day. We really and don't. I do think that is the culture, though, in a fun way, like Watch What Happens Live. Like fans call in mm-hmm. constantly. And sometimes you do get that fan who you're like, whoa, that was not the question that was <laughs> the that I said question. I was going to Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That was like, you know. So, I, and I think. The women, nine times out of ten, can handle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's they're really good at handling that kind of stuff. But I, I personally do feel like the temperature since COVID, and it was the nature of the seasons that aired, particularly Potomac Five, mm-hmm. even this last season of Jersey. Like there is an immediacy to like team this, team that, mm-hmm. and a uh, there's like no layers to conversation a lot. So mm-hmm. I just I do wonder what it's going to be like at fan events and stuff like that yeah and i do have to say honorable mention during the orange county panel when someone stood and i don't mean honorable mention isn't good for you i mean like also a super awkward moment when someone stood up and was like hey emily um the california bar results are in would you like me to read (gasps) shane so you can find (laughs) no which like now that i say actually really funny but in the moment moment, i i was like no no because it was so awkward because this person in front of us was so visibly uncomfortable and listen we all knew what the results were you know what i'm saying like i I had more of a question about like how's kim doing with her baby bar than i did about how (laughs) shane simpson was handling writing in his name but like (laughs) so that was super awkward in the moment that history will say that was a funny line but it was also terrible it was awful because it's like 
Guys, don't do it. If you're going yeah, to BravoCon exactly. and you want to be shady, it's probably because you think you're defending somebody on that stage and they don't want it this way. They're on TV. They know how to do it. And <laughs> if they love that you're doing that, maybe choose somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yes. just be be cool. Don't be all like uncool. <laughs> you know, ask questions. Ask serious questions. Yeah. Ask questions that you're uh, yada yada. But don't try to embarrass these women because you're also providing an opportunity for them to next time turn it down yep you know but we Set don't it perfectly ags are amazing and so yeah. are you can i please tell you i knew this was going to be a good episode Yay! i knew i knew your energy <laughs> i knew it was going to be good and i'm so thankful for you making the schlep to the upper e guys we are in person we're vaccinistas yes i just love these conversations when they're when you can like feed off of energy and vibes and i just think you're so incredible and i'm Thank so you. appreciative uh, for you coming Tell the people how to read your work and what you talk about through the Bravo lens and otherwise and how to follow you online, all of that good stuff. Yes. So you can definitely see most of my work at thegrio.com. So that is uh, where I write entertainment news. And I've mm. been fortunate to cover um, a few Housewives things. I've interviewed Ebony. I have a few Potomac interviews coming mm -hmm. up, which will be super fun. You just interviewed Giselle. I just interviewed Giselle, which yes. Which is really great. Uh, the word on the street herself. Mm. And she spilled, for sure. <laughs> um, and then you can see, and I usually share my stuff on my Instagram and my Twitter. So my Instagram is at the Jared Alex. And my Twitter is at hey, H-E-Y-Y, hey with two Ys. It's Jared. And that's where I usually share all my stuff and then on clubhouse every now and again you might you might see us talking on fridays <laughs> amen and while you're following jaren alexander can you please give me a little follow on instagram at dame galley um we'll be doing a zoom event a zoom room for uh ogs of the ag and people's people's couch patreon supporters Two hour-long Patreon-exclusive eps are up. One is Satchel Spectacular, where I actually I talk about a lot. I recap the end of last week's Beverly Hills, and I actually unpack a single Satchel of Gold. Satchels of Gold are in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clore and Ben Simone, oh. listener <laughs> thoughts and feels and questions and concerns. And there was one about Sutton and um, Crystal that I unpacked in great detail. And then another... Uh, Patreon-exclusive episode with Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo from <laughs> IG, Sarah, who's yes. phenomenal. And we talked about it all. It's also very Erica and Tom heavy. So look for those on patreon.com slash Scrolls, the number one way to support the pod. And also you give me like starting at two bucks a month, five dollars, mm -hmm. get you two episodes. <sighs> $10 gets you a four and also that Zoom event that I've nicknamed um, Andy's Girls Summer Zoom Winter Charm because <laughs> I'm a nightmare. So um, I'm going to put that on Instagram first, announce the date and the time, and then we'll also let you guys know in the next Andy's Girls. Listen, I die for you. This was amazing. This, this was is amazing. exactly what I needed. It's oh Friday. Yes, I'm just feeling great. We have Potomac to look forward to. Oh my God, more Beverly so much. Hills. More Beverly Hills. And New York is Ready? allegedly, you know, attending class. I don't even know. They're absent. Honestly, we're, we're going to list them as absent for the best. Yeah. Truly for the best. I, I think that's the right move. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. someone needs to go to the principal's office. First, we need to find a principal and hire them. And yes. then someone needs to go there there and have a talk. Um, <laughs> guys, hope you are staying safe and sane, getting vaccinated if you can. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.